and welcome to W Rated, the podcast where we watch the world's worst rated movies. Uh, today, we are welcoming you with an introductory episode uh, to share more about who we are, what you can expect from the podcast, and just chat about what we're excited for and also not so excited for to discover in the podcast this year. Um, I'm Daisy, and I'm joined by my podcast co-creator and co-host, Claire. Claire, how are you doing on this lovely wintry day at the end of 2020? I'm good. Uh, if anyone knows me from Twitter, you'll know I've had some car drama recently and my car came <laughs> back from the garage about an hour ago so I can actually leave my house again. It's been it's been a bad couple of weeks. <laughs> a post-Christmas miracle, some may yes, say. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Can't, can't drive anywhere in the tiered system, but at least at least you've got the freedom of being able to leave your your abode. <laughs> I'm not in walking distance of a park, so I could like oh. it would take me an hour to walk to my nearest park to then go for a walk. So now I can at least yeah, drive like- somewhere pretty to walk rather than the um, quarries of Dartford, which are not <laughs> nice. <laughs> what do you mean? I thought they were on like you know. One of the seven wonders of the world, you know. Kent is the Garden of England. It does say so on the sign. <laughs> well, I'm really glad. That's really good. We, we're going to take the small wins in 2020, I think. I thought we'd kick off with a little bit of a background about where this podcast originated from. And then maybe, Claire, you can just tell us a bit about what we can expect from the podcast and how everything's going to be coming together. So myself and Claire have got to know each other this year through the wonderful world of Twitter. And we're discussing different film challenges. Claire, you have a book, right, that you go through and there's like different film challenges that you Yes. So it was a birthday gift uh, this summer. So it is the 52-week film challenge, but I'm not doing it weekly. I'm just doing it whenever I want because I'm greedy. Uh, And it just has a different one. So it's things like watch a film set the year you were born, watch a film in a foreign language. um, And so I am doing it films I've never seen before Um, and it's quite fun I always think the challenges are a good way to decide what you want to watch and I think we were talking about that on Twitter and and some of the things that I wanted to do in 2021 were like uh top 250 on INDB I got bought the thousand movies before to see before you die at Christmas that's another thing that I'm going to try and tackle that's going to take me forever but one (laughs) of the other ones that I mentioned was looking at IMDB's bottom 100 rated films obviously they are there for a reason they've been staring at me for years I know there'll be an experience so I I said right I'm going to do it in 2021 and uh Claire you quite geniusly asked me if I was going to be making a record of these experiences uh to which this sort of idea of the podcast was born um so Claire take us through what we're going to be doing sort of together for the podcast what we can expect from W Rated okay so we are going to be looking at all of the 100 films um across probably a couple of years um so it's IMDb's bottom 100 the most interesting thing is it is a fluid list this list is constantly changing and between announcing the podcast and coming up with the idea (laughs) and recording our first episode now the the list has already changed there was a new entry in the last couple of weeks so for anyone really excited to listen to the torture of me having to watch Holmes and Watson I'm afraid (laughs) it's no longer on the list uh so I've spared us all from that one um, and there is a new film from 2020. Did you know there are already three different movies just from 2020 on the list? Which That's crazy. Well, it's 2020, so I'm not actually surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm like, have people even been releasing like that many movies for three of them to be I so know. bad that IMDb rated them the worst of all time? That's crazy. 
But that's part of the reason as well for doing the podcast. We are, while we're calling them the worst movies ever made, it's more of an investigation. Are these movies actually the worst ever made? Um, And I've discovered I've seen seven so far on the list. And of the seven I've seen, I wouldn't say they're great, but I also wouldn't say that they're the worst films I've ever seen or the worst films that have ever been made. So we're going in with an open mind. We're going to see what went wrong how could yep. it have been saved <laughs> are they really that bad um and it won't just be us we're going to try and invite kind of fans and champions of these films onto the podcast to kind of make their case and say you know why this film is so misunderstood mm-hmm. it's kind of like a court drama for, for films isn't it? <laughs> i haven't made it like, sound take, like that haven't i <laughs> take it no but i love it maybe we should just change the whole format i love this like we're kind of taking them yeah 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 stop the design change it now um yeah it's kind of like just taking something that obviously like you say Claire is people have kind of said this is awful for every reason like it's really low down average scores and one thing to sort of say about the bottom 100 as well is that they are aggregated and there's an algorithm the way that IMDb does it and it, it I think it kind of puts a lot of emphasis and value on people that regularly rate films on there and they also have done it where you have to have 10,000 votes um on each of the films so the way they've looked at it is that these films are popular you know they've been seen by a, a fair few amount of people and the people who have given them these ratings are people that have seen a lot of other films and rated them as well so it's kind of you're kind of getting rid of that you know, the trolling kind of people who are just on there just to trash films. It, it, it kind of gives me a bit of hope. There is one film on there that I think is on there for troll reasons only. Oh, really? And that isn't Troll Hunter. <laughs> um, Black Christmas. <laughs> I've not seen oh, Black Christmas, right. but I am aware of the discourse around it. And okay. I do believe, I'll have to research it for when we do get to that episode, which will yeah. probably be next Christmas keeping it timely um i think we should yeah let's do it Uh, hopefully it's a change yeah i as far as i saw there was a lot of discourse about being a female-led film and very anti-men and it'd be interesting to research the types of reviews that were made and how it ended up on the list quite interested in that one yeah uh, and it's part of sort of the episodes that we'll be talking about the films we're going to be looking at you know what the critics said, what the audiences said. Obviously, as Claire said, we'll have guests on the show to talk about, you know, so I think hopefully we'll be able to, by the end of each episode, have a bit more of a well-rounded view about what this film really is um, and see if it does deserve, you know, its ranking on the bottom 100. So really excited to get started, share it all with you guys and get everyone involved as well. If you do want to be involved, but you're not able to be a guest or you're not feeling that you want to be a guest, you can still be involved in every episode. Um, for each episode we do, we're going to open it up. You can send us a voice memo um, or just an email if you'd prefer, telling us what you thought of the film that we'll be reviewing. So for our first episode, it will be the Flintstones in Viva, Viva Rock Vegas. Uh, so if you've seen Viva Rock Vegas and you have an opinion on the Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas, drop us a voice memo or an email to wratedpod at gmail.com and you might hear it on the episode. I can't wait to hear people's opinion on that film. I know we've got <laughs> some some friends that uh, are very vocal about the Flintstones, so... No one's more vocal about the Flintstones than me. <laughs> That's true. But hopefully we'll be able to get uh, get some views on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. 
really excited about that. So now you know a bit about the podcast, we wanted to share a little bit more just about ourselves and what we're kind of looking forward to the podcast, maybe what we're dreading. I know I've got a few in mind. <laughs> um, so I'm Daisy. You may know me on Twitter as Tequila Bree, massive film and TV fan, although I always seem to be behind on new releases, lots to catch up on, but the passion is there. As you can tell, I'm putting myself through these films. <laughs> the love of film and TV is there. Um, in my spare time, I'm also working on my experience as a producer. Um, so I work with the team at Jump Cut Studios where I'm working on some projects there. Um, and in terms of my favourite films, which I thought um, Claire thought would be nice to touch on as well, um, pretty cliche. And I do have the posters on my wall like a film bro. But they are... I was going to mock you for being a film bro when I saw this <laughs> list. I was like, oh, do Daisy. It. Do it. You, it's really you are a massive film, bro. I feel like I feel like my so my so my favorite films that I always go to are Pulp Fiction, Back to the Future, and A New Hope. But I feel like this year maybe I just need to. You know when you just rely on them like a crutch. You're like they're just the ones that are always in your head because that's what you've always said. Mm. Maybe this year I need to reevaluate. Well, um, so I did that during the summer for a mini challenge. Um, oh, I turned I turned thirty one in August, and there are thirty one days in August. So I decided for the whole of August, every day I would watch one of my favourite films to see if I did still love it. So I kind of went through all the films that I loved. Um, I, there were way more than thirty one, but I limited myself. <laughs> um, and there were like some films. So my favourite film when I was a kid was this really weird indie film, um, and I haven't watched it in probably ten years because I was like, did I only love that because at fourteen I thought I was super cool <laughs> and super different for loving it? Yeah. Um, so I could still got it on DVD. It's got very young and like swoony Mark Ruffalo in, um, but Ooh. I did watch it. And whilst I don't rate it five stars anymore, I still would rate it like four, four and a half. And I was like, that was a good film. I did have good taste. Nice. But then there were there were some other films that went down quite a lot. And <laughs> um, what was the Mark Ruffalo film? It's called My Life Without Me. It's a Canadian film about a young mother who gets cancer and decides to do a bucket list like having an affair. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. (laughs) It's really quite sweet, actually. Do you know what? I I think that sounds like something quite up my street. Definitely. I will lend you the DVD. Please do. Send it on over. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think maybe that sounds like a good idea for me. And I think maybe I might want to do that while we're watching all of these uh, quote-unquote bad films. I probably will need something like my favourite films to help me get through it. (laughs) A tonic, an antidote. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And in the spirit of the podcast, I wanted to mention the worst film. Obviously, we'll put this to you, Claire, in a second, your favourite and your worst. The worst film I have seen is a Nicolas Cage film. Surprise, surprise. Um, It's called Pay the Ghost. I don't know if you've heard of it, Claire. I haven't, but I mean, Nicolas Cage, you say Nicolas Cage film and you say Nicolas Cage film after the mid-90s, but we know it's only going to go one of two ways. <laughs> he does have a, a panache for um, choosing very polarising films, um, yeah. but it's called Pay the Ghost. And I awkwardly saw it at a screening that I that it was hosted by an agency that I, uh, I work in PR. We were doing the uh, home entertainment PR for the release and I took a date to the screening and it was so bad. I was so embarrassed for take for this date. Like I'm one of these people that like, are they enjoying it? Are they enjoying it? I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I was like, this is really awkward because all these journalists around me, I'm going to be enjoying it. It was, yeah. What, what <laughs> is the premise of the film? 
you know what? I can't even really remember too much, but essentially I think his his son goes missing. Um, and I think it's about the psychological sort of like thing of, I think it's meant to be a metaphor of that. He was taken by a ghost and this, this person is ha- haunting him or whatever, but it's actually just like the mem- like the dealing with the fact that his son got kidnapped and it was his fault. But I don't even, I, I'm going to, I think we should watch it. <laughs> I think maybe we should put our worst rated films ourselves in the mix for special episodes because I want to oh, revisit no. this because, because I can't remember and I feel like I do want to relive it again just like okay. you know, in the comfort of my own home without having taken this date to try and impress them because I was you know doing PR for a film of Nicolas Cage in and then it was that <laughs> <laughs> awkward awkward so Claire tell us about your favorite films and your worst film as well okay so while you might be a film bro I am a basic white bitch and I am the biggest like basic girl in the world my my three favorite films are La La Land uh, Call Me By Your Name and Portrait of a Lady on Fire which is basically the trilogy of people crying about love and no one loving anyone by the end (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, I, I love I love romance, and apparently I don't like happy endings. So I mean, it sums up my life. Um, I mean, yeah. that's a niche, but I feel like there's a lot you could get that a lot. So I think there's plenty more where that come from in that in that genre. Oh yeah, I was doing that Twitter trend last night where it was like one like one favorite movie, and yeah. I was just going through my favorite movies, and I was like, oh man, I'm so I'm I'm such a millennial girl. <laughs> love it. Love it. I haven't it actually is. seen Call Me By Your Name or Portrait of a Lady on Fire, so I need to change that stat. I have them both on Blu-ray. I can lend them to you as well. Should I just, I think I should just treat you like a blockbuster, Claire, to yeah, be honest. Pretty much. And I should just come round, have a little, go out, go around on a Friday, once the tier systems are, you know, a little bit more forgiving. Come round, have a look around on a Friday night, buy my popcorn from you. Yeah, I can, I can make <laughs> really some popcorn. Good old days of blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so they would be my three favourite films. And then obviously my kind of all-time comfort movie is Legally Blonde. Um, oh, I could watch, I mean, I have watched, I think I was very sick once when I was a teenager and I had Legally Blonde on VHS. And my VHS player in my room, when the film ended, it would automatically rewind and then it would play it again. And oh, in this way that... In this day that I spent in bed, I watched various parts of Legally Blonde at least seven times, and I never got bored. No, it is a very good one. To be fair, I do love it. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm on my deathbed, just pop Legally Blonde on. <laughs> It'll make me feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And my worst film is really controversial. Um, oh, I've got two. I'll do a controversial. Actually, I think even the non-controversial one is still a little controversial. so my worst film i've seen i only saw it for the first time this year during lockdown um and it is david lynch's blue velvet which is like known as one of the greatest movies of all time and please if you are listening to this and you're mad at me already (laughs) please talk to me because i want to know what did i watch that no one else watched or what did i not see because i don't understand how that film can be held in that high regard i thought i gave it half a star i thought oh it was God. i thought it was awful i haven't seen it so 
It's my first David Lynch film. So maybe okay. I just, I kind of thought I knew what was going in. My, my ex-boyfriend, we met at film school. We both have film degrees. Um, he was a huge Lynch fan and we had right. all the Lynch DVDs, but he tended to watch them on his own because they were like his thing. Right. You weren't allowed to. It's his thing. I, I was allowed to, but I think we both kind of knew that if I didn't like them, it might be a problem oh. so it was just like this silent agreement that. That, that I just never watched them it was the same with the Ghibli films he was like obsessed with Studio Ghibli and I've only started watching Studio Ghibli this year because it was almost too big a thing that if I watched right. them, and liked them what there was too much happen? pressure on you to yeah. like them essentially mm-hmm. yeah but luckily I like Ghibli I do not like David Lynch's Blue Velvet um, oh. and yeah, I, just, I thought it was quite possibly the worst acting I've ever seen in my life and half of them oh, were God. nominated for Oscars this is so bizarre. I feel like I'm going to have to watch this just to see what camp I'm in. Yeah, like literally my letterbox review is, I don't understand. If you liked this film, please send me your reviews and explain to me. I literally want to understand. Please help me. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I just like... to dislike this. If I'd have given it, like, you know, like two stars, I'd be like, oh, not my thing, or it's sure, like dated sure. badly, but like I hated it i had to force myself to keep watching it i just have you seen like, anything else of his since no because i think i've only seen i think i've only seen one david lynch film and that's mulholland drive and so i really I, want to see mulholland drive and i'm interested to see whether you'll like it or not because i don't know how similar it is to his other stuff but um, I watched it when um, I must have been in sit form at the time and iTunes were doing this thing where they'd release a film for like really cheap or free mm. on like a Thursday. It was kind of like, a, it's just like, you know, like you used to get like two for one at the cinema. It was kind yeah. of like that. Um, and I watched it and I watched it on my laptop of all things. Like I know people watch laptop stuff on laptops now, but laptops are so much better and quality is so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, my old laptop was not, good <laughs> so I don't know whether that didn't help no, um, most of my first DVDs I didn't own a DVD player but we had a PC you know the big grey square PC right, yeah most of my first like transformative adult films I watched on that sat on my brother's bunk bed because the computer was in my brother's room for some reason <laughs> it's funny though because you'll always remember that won't you now yeah. like although it wasn't the best way to view them like in a way you'll probably remember them more but um, I yeah I watched Marvel and Drive that way and uh there's one bit in that really really scared me and the people that have seen it it was when this i won't spoil anything but the mm-hmm. camera was re- was on a corner and then suddenly um something just jumps into shot and it really scared me <laughs> but I, I i didn't understand it i liked it because i it made i like films that make you think but mm-hmm. i was just like I, like I, I can't come to a conclusion and I, I don't know if I'm supposed to so you know but I like looking at f- up films afterwards and being like what does this mean like there's theories and stuff mm-hmm. but at the same time I'm like I would like to have at least come up with or had an idea of a theory myself mm-hmm. first you see what I mean and then talk to people and be like oh that's interesting but if I'm literally like what does this mean I'm like mm, did I really appreciate it that much or <laughs> Well, see, that's with Blue Velvet. I feel like I understood. It was talking about, you know, the hidden darkness within suburbia and everything that goes on behind closed doors and that kind of thing. I don't know anything about it, to be honest. I I had that general idea of it. And, like, again, 
talking about my ex-boyfriend he was obsessed with Desperate Housewives as was I um, and he loved Desperate Housewives and I think part of the reason he got really into it was because it was about that like behind closed doors suburbia element that I think was a little bit ripped or inspired by Blue Velvet and then Carl McLaughlin turned up in season two or season three of Desperate Housewives who is the star uh, of Blue Velvet yeah. and Twin Peaks he's a big um David Lynch person so that was also I think his big impetus for getting into it but so because I knew about Desperate Housewives and all of that I did kind of know what I was getting into I just thought it was really stupid I just I just thought it was so stupid and I was like do do people what am I watching (laughs) I'm flabbergasted and I don't want to watch it again because I thought it was so bad but like maybe this is exactly why I feel like as much as like, I see a lot of people on Twitter say, you know, we don't want to do worst of lists because we don't want that negativity. But in a way, I feel like this is such a good conversation to have to understand what people didn't get from a film mm. and what people did. Um, so I'm glad that we've told each other what our worst films are at the moment, because I'm really interested to revisit mine and also watch what yours is. Yeah, I mean, the other one, the slightly more less controversial one oh, yeah. was the Jack Black film, Nacho Libre, which I just hated because oh. I thought the comedy was gross and stupid. So oh, that, there yeah. are a lot of big fans of that film, so it might still be controversial, but I just stand by the humour was not for me. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think that's what happens. I think that's how a comedy can go wrong so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I don't know if we've sort of had a look it, it'd be interesting to have a look I know we've had a look at uh, what decade a lot of these have come from the bottom 100 mm-hmm. but it'd in, be interesting to maybe have a look at the genre as well because I think it's so easy to get a comedy wrong if you just don't hit the right note and tone uh, well so whilst I did I looked up the different decades they were all from mm-hmm. I did a list of how many remakes were in the list and how many ah. prequels or sequels but what I also discovered is that there are 11 of those parody <laughs> films like date movie yeah. scary movie um we are the Spartans and they're all comedies so that's 11 comedies of a certain comedy genre that all ended up on this list yeah and is it uh- and I think it's I think another thing I'm interested to look at when we when we talk about each of the episodes is, you know, what was the intention behind this? Because some of them was like some of the films on here are, do come from this intent to make a really good film. But then films like that, I wonder, it, it's just the studios going throw some money at something, take the piss out of something and people will laugh. But um, other the, than first, the, scary, the first few scary movies, it, it, they haven't really worked. And that's it. The first scary movie is really funny because it was a resurgence of the slasher genre. I know that you've just discovered mm-hmm. Scream this year. Welcome to the club. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Too long, too long. Should have watched it immediately. <laughs> um, you had a resurgence of that kind of genre and kind of that smart talking kind of element to it. And the first scary movie mm. is really funny and hits in all of those veins and is a great homage. They struggled with two. And then from three onward, I think I think I quite liked three. I don't know what ones I've seen after three. But from that point on, they just... The first two. <laughs> The thing, the thing about the the first one that was good as well is they had years worth of material to take from. Whilst mm-hmm. they mostly took from Scream and I know what you did last summer, they did have so many other films to take from. When you're suddenly yeah. doing one of those films a year, no one is releasing the films to parody yet. That's a really good point. 
you've gone quantity over quality at that point haven't you absolutely and I think it just became a point where they were like well we struck lightning once let's keep going we'll strike it again Mm. that's not how lightning works ladies and gentlemen no, it's not. <laughs> Did you know I learned from the movie Three Home Alabama that if you strike lightning on sand, you get pretty glass, which I think is actually, a, I think it's a movie lie. But I like that oh. film and I like to believe it's true. Well, actually, I watched an X-Files episode yesterday where they found some glass and some sand and it was like um, Mulder's theory that aliens have been there because like sand only turns to glass in like 2,500 degree heat. So it might have been lightning. Maybe it's true. Maybe it is true. Yeah, that Sweet Home, Home Alabama movie with Reese Weatherspoon is where I get all my science from. So I'm saying... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> love that, love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Claire, tell me, how are you... So we've, we've chatted a little bit about the films that are coming up. What are you... How are you feeling about going through all of these and what are you specifically excited for? Is there any that you're dreading? I know you mentioned Holmes and Watson, but that's off the list now. So is there anything else... Yeah, so like I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago, and I was really dreading Holmes and Watson. Um, it's I, thought the film... I thought she was lying to me just so she didn't have to watch it, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. You can all check. Um, I don't want to do that kind of film where it's bad because it's mediocre. And like, I haven't yeah. seen it before, but I remember when it came out, it was when I was just really getting back into the film world and film reviews um, and things like that. So I used to be a film teacher and I left that world and I didn't really do much filmy stuff for a couple of years. And then just as Holmes and Watson came out, I got really into reading reviews again, writing my own reviews. And all of the reviews were just talking about how just not good it was, how bland it was, how just it didn't work. And like, there's no fun in that. I want to watch, like, what is it? Is it Troll Hunter 2? I have no idea what Troll Hunter 2 is about, but even the name excites me. I <laughs> feel like sure that's going to well. be ridiculous. I've heard, I'm pretty sure, that there wasn't even a one <laughs> or something. No. Yeah, no, that's going to be an interesting one to research because... Interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what went on there. <laughs> And like we were talking to someone on Twitter the other day, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, which has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. I'm excited mm-hmm. to like finally tap into those. And then I'm also really excited for the world to revisit I Know Who Killed Me, because as I spoke to you last week, I have not only seen it numerous times, I own it on DVD and refuse to get rid of the DVD because I am a Lindsay Lohan completist. I'm unfortunately not anymore. But during that episode, I will go through my top five Lindsay Lohan performances, maybe oh, yes. even my top ten, um, and figure out what ones I haven't seen and maybe I'll try and get them all in. Maybe we should do a spin-off podcast for Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. Oh, what the Lohan log? Oh, wonderful! <laughs> if you've got a name, it means you have to make it happen. It's like the law. <laughs> okay, yeah, that could be the spin-off pod. Um, and then ones I'm really not looking forward to, and we've spoken about it as well. And I don't know they're the same for you. It's the Human Centipede films. Uh. I've seen the first one. I'm fine with the first one. I have funny anecdotes about the first one, which I'll save for the episode. But. <laughs> I know the entire synopsis of the second one and I Mm -hmm. had kind of said to myself, I'll never watch that. There's a specific Uh part with uh, a car and a brake pedal. And I was like, I don't need that in my life. I don't need to see that. I'm good here. I'm I'm finishing at the one. And now I'll be watching two and three. So thank you, Daisy. (laughs) You're so welcome. You're so welcome. This is what I want to bring to people's lives. Forcing them to watch Human Centipede. I never thought what I was going to say as well. I never thought I'd have to watch them again. I've watched one, two, three, 
And it was an experience at the time that I never thought I'd have to live through again. So I was quite happy to be like, right, I'm going in, I'm seeing what this is all about. It's an experience. And I thought, that's it. I'm done now. I'm proud of myself. Let's close that book and move on. And here we are. I'm picking up the book and open it again. So. <laughs> it's, it's not The Hungry Caterpillar. It's a different book, Daisy. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine if I thought that that's what it was. <laughs> not looking forward to that ordeal again. Um, in terms of things that I'm looking forward to, though, can't wait for Spice World. I can't believe you've not seen... We've got no, a bit of an age difference. Oh, you no, have? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait for Spice World because I used to watch it so much when I was younger. I had it on VHS and the, the VHSs came out in special editions with each of the Spice Girls on. And I had Sporty Spice because she was my favourite. Oh, uh, see, so- I just had the generic that had all five of them on. I didn't have a special uh, one. I did, though. The tape was neon green. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but it was. Um, oh. And we loved it for it. Yeah. yeah it was fun and yeah that's going to be a nostalgia trip I've also speaking of things that are quite similar to that I've never seen Crossroads the one so with yeah this is what, so I don't know I know we have an age gap because we went to the same school but not at the same time but yeah. so I'm 31 so I would have been about 13 when Crossroads came out and Crossroads was cut I just remember I was well I was, it was such a big deal to me. It was 2002, so I would have been 12 or 13. We had a school inset day and we as a group of us, like a large group, I would say about 10 or 20 of us went to this, met up and and you you grew up in the same area as me. So sorry if you didn't grow up where we grew up. Yeah, this will mean nothing to anyone else, but we we met up in Bexley Heath Clock Tower, a group of 20 girls from the same school, went to Wilkinson's, would it have even been Woolworths still at that time? I don't know, but all the suites in the world, and then we went and we had the entire screen to ourselves just by accident, no one else would see this film. Yeah, they walked into all those girls and walked back (laughs) out again and thought, nah, go through that. I mean, who at one o'clock on a Wednesday in a normal day, unless it's a group of girls who don't know who have a random day off school, who's going to see Crossroads? <laughs> yeah. we, had, we had the whole screen to ourselves and it was a thing and we were all singing by the end. Like It was a cultural moment. And oh, so God. I'm really sad that I missed out on that. Yeah, how old would you have been in Eight. Eight. So oh, yeah, you, was... you would have still been like going to the movies with your parents' age. Yeah, so unless I'd have asked to see it, I don't and think my mum or my dad would have had any idea that that was a thing. I can't remember the film. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, but I do think that there was a teen pregnancy storyline. There was definitely a oh, teen sex storyline. Oh, God, yeah. I'm kind of glad that I didn't take my parents to see that. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little eight-year-old Daisy going, Mummy, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh, I was clued. I would have been like, oh, God, this is too embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's, do you know what? That's made me look forward to it even more now that I know that backstory. <laughs> Yeah, I love a backstory. Um, and then I know we've sort of mentioned the parody ones, and they are the worst. But I'm just interested and curious to see them because I love film references. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what films that they do reference and how terrible, quite just how terrible it's going to be. Like you say, eleven of them are in the bottom one hundred. That's ten percent, over ten percent mm-hmm. are just these ridiculous parody movies. So yeah, and some that I'd never heard of. Yeah, it's, so there's like, I think Disaster Movie is number one, right? Oh, is it? I know it's on there. Yeah, I think so. 
there was um like a, a Hunger Games one and a Spartans yeah. one that I was like, did, did people make these movies? I think they're newer. So yeah. as they come out, we've kind of lost. We were probably too old to even like, you know, because it's like a teenage thing. I think yeah. they came out a lot later. And so we didn't even like pay attention to the fact that they were still happening. <laughs> yeah, the, the first Hunger Games film, I think, came out because I taught the books when I was an English teacher and so I went to see the film as like extra work oh my god it was such a fun book to teach it's my favorite thing I've ever taught and I used to teach film and I still preferred teaching the Hunger Games books so I think that came out in 2012 or 2013 that was the first one and there were four so if they were doing a parody the earliest the parody could have come out would be 2013 so yeah it must be Mm. quite recent yeah exactly and I just think at that point like as much as we were still and are still young, um, we just wouldn't have been that target demographic because they would have gone for the teenagers that had just turned 15 and think these things are hilarious. But I don't yeah. even know if kids do find that thing funny. I, I don't think they do because I'm still, I'm despite being in my 30s, I'm still clinging desperately onto the YA world. I still read YA books. <laughs> I still love a good teenage film. I watched the second To All the Boys I Loved Before uh, film a couple oh, of days ago. I haven't ago. seen the second one. I watched it's the first really one. It's really nice. It's really I like nice. the first one. Yeah, and then you'll like the second one. It's just cute and teen angsty and they have such cool clothes. And I'm like... Why aren't mm-hmm. I still a teenager? And I hated being a teenager because <laughs> I wasn't a teenager in a movie. And I think I'm still waiting for that moment. Listen, those actors and actresses aren't teenagers either, <laughs> half of them. So, yeah. you know, it's just I made up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I still do watch a lot of teen stuff. But yeah, that mm. that comedy isn't isn't there and I think by that point you had Vines you had Vines you had TikTok you had people being funnier in 10 seconds than in the whole of a two hour movie so why would you waste your the the access to comedy and the creativity that comedy of comedy that's out now that kind of thing just won't fly anymore I think that Mm -hmm. kids and like young adults are so much wittier and sharper than these films kind of give them credit for. And I think that that's why that kind of comedy's died out. I saw um, a YouTube uh, thumbnail. I haven't watched the video yet. And I can't remember what channel it was on talking about how the 2010s didn't seem to have many comedies like The Hangover mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and I'm wondering if it's just because actually it's not that they didn't have them. It's just that they did it, they weren't successful. Well, you also have the thing that the only comedies we did get then, they became the Judd Apatow comedies. Because like mm-hmm. Superbad would have come out oh, when did mm-hmm. Superbad come out? Late two thousand ish. Like I mm-hmm. think it was probably like two thousand seven. I relate everything to whether I was at school, university or a teacher. Yeah. Free yeah. the free yeah. parts of life. Timekeeping these days is so difficult yeah. because I don't know what year I'm in anymore. Am I year twenty? I don't well, know. So we are currently in 2020, but when this releases, we'll be in 2021. So that's even more confusing. Time travel. Guys, we are we are time travelers. I'm putting it out there now that 2021 probably won't be much better than 2020. So I hope that the future can prove me wrong. Yeah. It won't be much better, but it I'm I'm it can't be worse. Surely, surely it can't be worse. It's going to be better because we're going to be doing this. Yes, but anyway. So talking of comedies in 2010s, so Superbad was kind of the start. Like you had the 40 year old virgin, you had Superbad, with yeah. the start of that Judd Apatow comedy, yeah. and he kind of then just 
took over all of comedy and there were no other comedy films. Like, obviously, there were comedy films that Judd Apatow, he didn't even direct Superbad, but it comes from that same, yeah, it comes from his, like, producing and the same sort of, like, Michael Cera and Jonah Hill. So then you had things like, um, what's the one that I love that's not very good that stars Paul Rudd? Role Models. Like, it's not even that good a movie, but I love Role Models. It's got Paul Rudd in, though. Come on. He makes everything better. And that's it. And so then the only comedy films you were getting were those. And they compared Adam Sandler. Yeah. But Adam Sandler didn't do that. Oh, no, he did. It's just when I completely decided he wasn't. I found it easiest to decide. <laughs> you just disregarded his existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid you're not going to be able to do that anymore because he was on the list at least twice. I know that I much. Know. But um, yeah, you you lost family comedy, so we still had comedy, but they became adult comedy. You right. family comedy just disappeared, mm. and yeah. it was becoming prevalent in those films. And I think Scary Movie was probably the first wave of that because all of those like Scary Movie, Date Movie, We're the Spartans, mm-hmm. they're all a bit gross and a bit sexy. So like, yeah, so they had to be bumped up to fifteen, didn't they? I watched the first scary movie with my dad and anyone who's seen scary movie knows that there is a, um, yeah, there's a sex scene in there that you don't want to watch that with your, with your parents. Definitely as a teenage girl watching that with her dad, one of up their most uncomfortable experiences of her life. You know what you need to do is, you know, when they have, you know, on IMDb, they have it on IMDb, but there's also a site called common sense media where it's like a parental thing about whether it's appropriate to watch with your kids. But yeah. I think it's actually better used to find out whether you'd feel comfortable watching it with your parents. Yeah. Uh, so if you're ever wondering. I think this is still in the day of like dial up internet, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, so we no, have it, it was a minefield. It was an absolute <laughs> minefield before. We're very lucky now that we can uh we, well, you could all you, all you need to do now is tweet, be like, Can I watch this with my parents? And everyone's like, yes or no. Like well, it's, it's I don't know if you Ammonite, the new Kate Winslet and Sarah Ronan movie, there's quite a saucy yeah. sex scene in that. I invited my mum round to watch the press screening of it with me. So obviously no one had seen it yet. So Still, I'm still doing well, it. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes for good stories, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> oh dear. Cool. So I think that about wraps it up for our, our intro episode. We hope that you'll be tuning in to our very first episode coming soon, uh, and that you'll enjoy coming along for the ride too. If you want to give some of these films a watch, good luck. <laughs> So you can keep an eye out on our social channels for more information about our upcoming release dates for the pod uh, and also how to get involved. Um, as Claire mentioned, um, we, we'd love to have people on as guests, but if you don't want to come on for a whole episode, um, but you have seen the film and have some stuff to say, um, you can send us a voice memo. Um, you can do that by sending it to our email, wratedpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at wratedpod pod and on letterbox as well um the name is w rated there um so please do feel free to get involved um, and drop us a message about what you think about all these films um and we hope to see you in the next episode amazing so daisy where can they find you if they want to know a bit more about you and not just the pod oh so i'm mainly on twitter um at daisy vic edwards um you'll know if you found me if the name says tequila brie long story <laughs> um but i am on instagram as well i'm trying to use that a bit more now uh daisy victoria edwards um very official with my middle name but there we are and how about you claire 
I've got the same. Mine is also my middle name. <laughs> so <laughs> Just I'm Claire Ellen Hope, uh, Claire without an I, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and again, trying to use Instagram more. It is mostly just stories of me chasing my cat around my car park because she doesn't like to come back into the flat. Um, so you can, if you like cats, give me a follow. Um, and Twitter is either me talking about films or me very drunk so again you get one of two things with me to be fair i think i'm pretty similar now that i live with cats they're not mine but the cat content has gone up on instagram and my twitter feed is very much films and drunk there we go this is how we found each other it's the niche it's that well (laughs) we were found to the the, yeah literally it was fate it was same school you work at the university i went to and all we do is uh, drunk tweet and tweet about films so meant to be, meant to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah so that's where you can find me as well so give us some follows give us some likes and hopefully we will see you for the next episode bye